Welcome to White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk once more beside me on White Shores to talk about the real meaning of life and the true power of what is unseen. Let's discuss dreams, intuition, manifesting, as above, so below, angels, afterlife, the science of consciousness, and other infinite possibilities within and all around you. I hope every episode informs, inspires, and illuminates. So, now the scene is set, Allow the grey rain curtain of this world to roll back and all to turn to silver glass. Let's walk barefoot together on the gentle, glistening sands of white shores to see what mystery lies beyond the material. Thank you for arriving safely on White Shores, a far green country under a swift sunrise. Got a precious, dreamy guest for you today. Her name is Kelly Sullivan Walden, and she's on a mission to awaken the world to the power of dreams. She's one of America's premier dream analysts and has authored more than 10 books, including Luminous Humaneness, 365 Ways to Go, Glow and Grow to Make It Your Best Year Yet. She's also the co-author of the iconic Chicken Soup for the Soul books, Dreams and the Unexplainable, um, Dreams and Premonitions, and the multi-award winning author of the Hero's Journey Dream Oracle Cards Journal Meditations and App. Oh my goodness. And she's also releasing a brand new title, which we're going to talk about in this interview too. Now, she's a dream expert. And she's a regular guest on many national talk shows, including The Dr. Oz Show, The Real, Coast to Coast, and Hallmark's Home and Family. She's a celebrity dream decoder, um, and there's a whole list of names here that I could reel out. In fact, her her bio is is just like a dream. It's awesome. But underlying all that, she's a certified clinical hypnotherapist with an utterly unique approach to dream therapy. And because of this, she's a trusted advisor, enriching the lives of thousands of individual dreamers, including Fortune 500 executives, UN ambassadors, inner city kids, and stay-at-home mums. And of course, as I mentioned, celebrities. She's a real inspirational dream icon in my humble opinion she's also a workshop facility facilitator and host of ask dr dream podcast well actually kelly it could just be me speaking now for the next half an hour about you because i mean really you've just done so much do you ever sleep and get a chance to dream with all this going on okay look who's talking (laughs) look who's talking oh no i can't rival that i can't rival that no no please it's just incredible how does it feel when people read all that out before you're interviewed I, you know, it's, I don't know. I have so many different, my brain goes in a thousand different directions. And sometimes with each thing, it's like, I, they feel like little lifetimes that have all happened in this lifetime that have been consolidated into this, this funny little bio. But it's, what is, I feel I, it's all, I just blame dreams. 
for all of it. Yes, well, you are the best advert for dream power because (laughs) if you look at your life and it's like all these fragments of a dream, these visions, all Mm. these things that you are doing and and, and experimenting and exploring and potentials and transformation, it's wonderful. But let's go right back to the beginning. What made Kelly Sullivan Walden want (laughs) to become a dream expert? I mean, I I find that intriguing, actually. Why? There are so many other things (laughs) Well, I have to say, I never sought out to be a dream expert. And I, I don't know that, that people really do. I think those of us who find ourselves here, it's, it's not because we said, I am going to be a dream expert. And I, I was seeking all other kinds of things. And I, I was having a conversation with my literary agent in New York City, sitting at, a, at an outdoor cafe. And we were in the midst of pitching a t- completely different book. And she said, okay. I'm just having a really, really strong hit. Let's. Why don't you just write about dreams? And I stopped her. I said, what are you talking about? She said, in every conversation we have, dreams get brought up. I love your perspective on dreams. It's different than what I've heard out there. I really think we should just go in this other direction. And I thought <laughs> I was writing a book on goddesses that I was really attached. And I said, well, all the insight that I get that I think is the best stuff does come from dreams, but I thought she was kind of off her rocker. I shared it with my husband, who is really pragmatic and really grounded and not airy fairy at all. But he said, "Yep, she's absolutely right. Do that." And I was like, "Oh my!" I like God. your husband already, <laughs> Kelly. I mean, because he's right. Because if you want to get the message out there, dream is the way to do it because everybody dreams. I just wouldn't have thought to do it, but it did feel like if I, I mean, dreams are all about what's kind of happening in our blind spot, our, the ability to see what's back there, but in our waking life, and this is kind of my big passion about dreams at this point is if we lived our lives without connection to our dreams and the wisdom that our dreams give, we become way too focused on what's pragmatic, what's logical, what's linear, what can be measured with our five senses. Mm. And I, I actually was just with somebody the other day who I have, it's a, a longtime friend that I hadn't seen in a long time. And she's gone down a completely different path than I have. We couldn't be more opposite. And she's become so practical, so pragmatic, and she's miserable. And I thought after the meeting, oh my God, this is why I love dreams because dreams keep us connected every single day to the realm of the impossible, to the imaginal, to the, to the, to the ancestors on the other side, to the bigger picture. And without it, we just could become, it's like, instead of becoming better as we age, we become bitter. And that's, that's kind of my, my big story about why I think dreams are great. They, they, I think they help us become better as we grow up and as we move on in life, as opposed to getting crispy and crusty and, and just old. (laughs) You're right. I love that. You know, doing better, not bitter, but also, you know, to go back to your husband, what he's saying, um, I like that because this is someone who I I'm guessing that he's not so in tune with the mystical and spiritual or leaning Mm. that way as you are, but he would read a book on dreams, but he wouldn't read a book about goddesses. No, he wouldn't. But he, but yeah. because he and I, I mean, he's, 
he's somebody who's one of those rare birds that is super, super grounded in the material world, but also very mystical himself. I don't think I could be with him otherwise. And he and I every day talk about dreams and we compare them and, and we talk about them and it's 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 part of our daily ritual. And he also likes my perspective on dreams, even though I get an occasional eye roll from him because I always find the positive, even in the most, even in the darkest most destructive tsunami hell ridden dreams i can find the gold and that's kind of become i think it's my superpower and teresa i think you're of the same ilk i think when we become really good in the realm of dreams we can't help but see the beauty in disguise in even dreams, in the nasty shadowy stuff yeah that the, exactly. there's gold hidden there Exactly. But let's go back to your perspective. You, you've mentioned that yeah. a couple of times. Would you mind sort of summing up, you know, there are all the, I mean, you know, there are all these schools of dream interpretation, aren't there? There are yeah. all these people, this is how you interpret dreams, et cetera, et cetera. Are, yeah. Is your approach eclectic or you are it's leaning? So eclectic. Oh, it's so yeah. eclectic. It's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely union. And I bring in, my my personal experience with shamans and with healers and and I think it's it's definitely mystical. I think there's there's some science in it. I just grab the things, the energies and and the approaches that that resonate with me. Mostly, really, I think you could see a lot of Carl Jung in my work. Where the the job of dream work is to bring all of our parts together. I like the image that he talked about where. Like the goal of psychotherapy, the goal of dream work is to have all members of our inner self marching together in the same parade at the same time, going in the same direction. Even if we're all playing different instruments, even if we're dancing and marching a little differently, we're all together. It's like one big happy family, even the the crazy uncle off in the basement and the beautiful aunt that's on the rooftop singing opera. It's like, I want all aspects of myself together, the scary parts and the most liberated, beautiful parts. They all serve a purpose and it's all a hologram and it's all about bringing them together. I think that's probably one perspective on the way I look at dreams. Oh, I, I adore your perspective. I really do. And I, I also adore you as a person. You are so, so vibrant and full of it's life. and uh, so mutual, and Teresa. And I'm so glad we got to work oh. together on the Shift Network, uh, the DreamWorks Summit. Oh, yes. I'm so excited about your upcoming mean. program. Mm. Uh, that's how that's how we met, isn't it? I mean, mm. it was kind of like an out of the blue that to, to have the honor of the, the two of us, along with Athena Laz, yes. uh, lovely Athena, we, we were asked to co-host weren't we this summit and I the funny thing is I've never done anything like that before yeah and it was so funny because I think when we all met we were kind of yeah we've got this we've got this and it was so difficult (laughs) there's a lot of details it was it's a lot the shift network operates at a really high level I I equate it to Broadway versus um a lot of kind of off-Broadway shows that that I did before it's like there's just a lot of production and in a very yeah, I had no of- idea who they were. Oh. I had no idea who they were. I thought, well, that's nice. You know, <laughs> if anyone's interested in dreams, I thought about three people would turn up. And I spent most of my time just sort of gathering my friends that I've either co-authored with or whatever, or, or scientists that I really admire. And I thought, this would be great. And I, I did actually spend way too much energy on my backdrops, mm. uh, on deciding <laughs> 
<laughs> oh God. Well, you always look great. So it paid off ultimately. <laughs> and suddenly I realized we were having these real, you know, titans, weren't we, of dream yes. work there. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa. Um, but we got through it, yeah. um, didn't we? I'm proud of it. I'm very proud of it. I think that we really put together a beautiful collection of the world's best dream workers on the planet at this time. I think hey, that I, should I go down I think in history. The 2022 Dreamwork Summit for the Shift Net will go down in history yeah. as quite literally unbeatable force. <laughs> I think, um, and and the three hosts were, you know, really you you couldn't get better dream hosts, really. <laughs> I kind of kind of agree. We enjoy I'm not partial. If you if you do want to go and seek it out, just type in 2022 DreamWorks Summit in the Shift Network. You'll you'll find it. Um, and you, you might actually enjoy hearing this conversation to see you know that we are like sort of like um, on the surface we're looking calm, but underneath we're like really panicking. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Well, you were like it's all a dream. It all comes together. We I said I'm myself, Kelly. You were very smooth and professional because you've done a lot of media, haven't you? You've done a lot to mainstream dream work, and I'm I'm very grateful for that. You know, Um, so when it's just uh, this is this is popping in my mind, so I'll share it. Um, Before I went on the Dr. Oz show, that's in the in the U.S. It's a big mm, it's a big network show, and. There was so much pre-production, kind of like the Shift Network, but a lot of last-minute changes. And I was getting phone calls in the middle of the night. And it was just, and also from my agent and from my publicist, they were like, kind of like, don't screw this up, Kelly. <laughs> like, make us proud. Our necks are on the line. I'm like, oh my God. So that night before I had this, I went to the show, I had this dream about a woman who I admire in the in the mind body spirit world or at least I used to. Anyway, she was in the dream and she was curled up on a couch and it, and it turned out to be a set like a television set. But she was curled up like a cat and I got close to her. I was kind of omniscient and she was purring. And I thought, wow. "Oh my god, there's all this stuff going on and she is so calm. She's so calm that she's purring." And that energy completely relaxed me. And I took that energy on the set with me to the actual Dr. Oz show in the midst of the 10,000 things going on. And literally the other woman I was going on with was about to have a panic attack. And if it wasn't for that dream about this purring woman and giving that and giving me connection to it, I think I might've passed out as well, but I was able to calm her down and able to get through it and actually have a good time. So I think our dreams are always giving us what we need, even if it's strange, even if it's weird, even if it doesn't seem like it, they're always a gift, sometimes in disguise, but it's a gift for us, for whatever it is we're going through. And they're very practical in that way. Anyway, it's one of the reasons I love dreams. Oh, I love that you've given that example because actually I know you love dogs. You're a big dog yeah. lover, but there is something of the purring cat about you, Kelly. <laughs> and, and there I'm is. Cats, yeah. which is funny. I, I am a dog person be, only because I, 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 I sneeze when I'm around cats. So it's interesting that this woman was purring. I guess because dogs don't purr. <laughs> but there was something about the sound. And isn't it interesting? Most dreams are visual it's rare that there's an auditory component, not completely rare, but it's mm. it's a little bit more off to the side. But this was clearly 
purring and there's nothing like the calming of a purring cat. So I actually think about that sometimes when I find myself getting stressed out and nervous. I probably called on it during our shift network DreamWorks Summit, I'm sure, a few times. Yeah, but I mean, it's a symbol, isn't it, of the, the mysterious and intuition, the cat, isn't it? You know, ancient yes. symbol of, of that mm. side of life. And it was kind of showing you, you're going to be absolutely fine. You're going to mm. just love this. And, and, and so are the people who... Who watched? You'd also been on the reel. It says, "How was that?" Yes. Oh God, that was so fun. That was really um, kind of an all-star group of of women, and all a bit wild. Oh, okay, this is kind of funny. I, I'm. I hope this isn't too indulgent. But before I went on that show, I had a dream about Nicki Minaj. I don't know. If, are you familiar with Nicki Minaj? The I know the name. I'm just trying to sort of. Okay, she's kind of. She's a rapper. She's known oh, yeah, for yeah, her yeah, very, yeah, very, yeah. very large derriere. <laughs> but she's, she, <laughs> but in my dream, she and I were fighting over um, a piece of luggage, like a roll, like a black roller bag. And I said, "This is mine." She's like, "No, no, no, it's mine." And we were kind of pulling it back and forth. And then I just looked at her. I said, "Nikki, why do you hate me?" And she's like, "Oh, honey, I don't hate you. I love you." And she gives me a box with a dragonfly pendant in it. And it was so beautiful. I melted. I thought, oh my God, Nicki Minaj loves me. And I looked around and I was in, it was kind of a, it was kind of like a warehouse sort of thing. Anyway, when I got to the set of the reel, it wasn't fancy like the Dr. Oz show. It was kind of a warehouse and Nicki Minaj was the guest next door to me. We shared literally a sp- like a wall was between us and our dressing rooms. And it was just like, okay, I'm in the right place at the right time. All is going to be well. And even if I think she doesn't like me because I'm this blonde chick and she's kind of this urban rapper, I know underneath it all, she loves me. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to be fine. So anyway, that was my real That's dream before incredible. the real. I love that because it's precognitive element as well, isn't there? In yes. there sensing someone you're going to meet in already meeting them in a dream oh my word yeah oh, oh. <laughs> so much I want to talk to that kid I wish that we had more time it's always the thing with this podcast is so much time I, so I must talk I less yes the guest more that's no. what I tell myself talk less Teresa and your books <laughs> you have written so many books glorious um and I'm still working my way through them but I had the honor of of reading your very very latest book I got oh. an advanced copy I felt very blessed for that thank you oh. Kelly a crisis is a terrible thing to waste now this is a departure from your usual dream mm-hmm. yes books of course dreams yes. do feature but yes. please tell us about that I mean it's very powerful and it's brave it's it's beautiful and you really, really do bear it all in a good way. I mean, not, not people just don't think, oh, no, goodness, no, it's not, it's not in, in, in a really, really powerful way for people oh. who can recognize I've been there. I've felt that. Mm, thank you. It, it does feel very naked, um, much more than the other books I've written. Mm. But it feels like the, the other books I've written have led me to this book. And I, so I, in some circles, I'm known as the nightmare whisperer because I really kind of get off on hearing about people's bad dreams because I'm able to find the gold in them. And what's interesting mm-hmm. is as I 
as I do this and as I train people and teach people in my dream work practitioner training courses, and I, I, I notice that it's not just dreams that I can mine the gold from. It's also the waking circumstances that seem awful, the tragedies. And I don't mean to sound trite because I know when, when I've been in the midst of my dark nights of the soul, if somebody came up to me and said, oh, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste, just transform the tragic right into magic, I would punch them in the face. So I don't mean to be overly light about the difficulties we go through, but there's something about having a background in dreams, as you well know, Teresa, that one of the, the byproducts of that is that we can't help but use our dreaming perspective, the way we look at dreams on on the circumstances that happen in our waking life as well. Because P.S., mm. it's all a dream. It's just a different form of a dream. So this book, I, I write about a lot of the difficult things I've been through in my life. And part of it is because I um, I think people look at me and make an assumption that I'm just kind of, I, I was called a Karen a few times and I was like, okay, wait a minute, lady. You don't know who you're talking to. You don't know what I've been through. <laughs> Let me set the record straight. I am no Karen and I am no stranger to difficulties and not every difficulty, but it's not just that I've been through a lot of my my share of mud, but I've come through it and I'm, and I give credit to my mother. My mother is the person that can find the needle in any haystack. And she is a, she is an absolute optimist and she all, she's the one who trained me to look for the good, even amidst the difficulties. And once you start training your eyes to see that you start to find it. So my publisher, actually, when I, I was talking to somebody about this book, making it sound like it's just a book of tragedy, she, she said, Kelly, this is a book of miracles. Every one of these difficult moments that you've been through you, there's been a miracle on the other side and you just happen to have the eyes to see it. And you're helping through your ogle method, teach people to find their own miracle amidst their mud puddles. And so that's what this book is about. And also PS, I, I really feel like I want to walk my talk. And there's a, I talk about in the beginning of, of the book about this reporter that came to my house to talk to me on, on dreams. And then she she knew some things about my past that she threw in and it completely wrecked me because I thought, mm. oh my God, I'm a hypocrite. I'm not walking my talk. If I was walking my talk, I would have no shame in my game. I would have no secrets. I would be a wide open book like I purport to be since I'm not because she clearly caught me hiding some of, my, some of the things I was ashamed of in my past. I need mm. to correct this. I need to go out of my way to do to practice what I preach and shine a lot of light on some of these dark memories and dark experiences because I believe that everything can be transformed. Everything we've been through can be used ultimately for good. They help to make us deeper, more compassionate healers or 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 people that are doing good in the world. And and so that's what I've sought out to do over the last five years. And and I'm now not I mean, I can't say that I'm not a little cringy about this book coming out because I'm a little afraid. I have an ego. I want people to think I'm great and not, not, you know, a hoe. Nothing but- <laughs> we all need that to propel us forward. No, I, but what what I like about it is because a lot, a lot of us, you know, we live in a world where a lot of us are going through hard times, whether that be financial, emotional, or yeah. health wise. You know, life is not 
it's not all it's not easy and it's not fair um and you what this book helps people understand that when you're going through these dark times you are still living a life of purpose and meaning and and hang in there that's kind of what you get you are this is you are evolving you are learning Yes. Am I right, though? Is that was your intention? That's that's exactly it. It's it's for us to develop the eyes to see and the ears to to hear mm. the difficult. Like when we hear a siren go by, instead of thinking, "Oh no, this is the worst thing that could ever happen," it's like, "What if this is? What if there's a miracle in the making, in the midst of this?" And it doesn't mean to not also be somebody who who pays attention to the happy things in life and who who is joyous and who's, you don't have to fixate on the difficulties in order to be deep or compassionate. But I mean, just like with dreams, it's not all about the nightmares. It's also about writing those flying dreams and those lucid dreams. And mm. we, we need to also keep our eyes on those. But at the same time, we don't want to cut ourselves off in shame. And there's, I think Brene Brown years ago really has made a kind of her cottage industry on shame and on helping people to embrace their shame. And I, and I'm sure that has played a role because getting to see her and other people like her own their stories and own their difficulties publicly even, and know that they're not getting tarred and feathered and, and, and sent out of town. There's some part of me that was like, wow, well, maybe if I tell my stories, we'll see the jury's still out. The book hasn't come out. It's not till January. So I might get run out of town with tar all over me and feathers. Who no, knows? you will but, not. But maybe, in a, <laughs> maybe in a past life, there's something about exposure. Like I think we were, Teresa, mm-hmm. I'm sure you and I were, were burned at the stake at some point. So there's some oh, multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure people listening to this, they're like, yeah, me too. So there's some innate fear of exposure of the things that we think aren't going to necessarily win us brownie points. But what happens when we own them ourselves, then we kind of take the power out of the haters. We say, yeah, yeah, I can be bitchy. I I definitely can be a liar. I I can be stupid. I can be all those things. Yep, yep, yep. It's not all that I am, but I have all of those things. And my dreams reveal all of those things to me. And my job is to, my motto is my charge is to enlarge. I want to become so big that I can embrace all of those things without, without shrinking, without pushing any of them away. I like to say my charge is to enlarge, not my butt or my thighs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's being aware of them, isn't it? And understanding and and working with them. And I I love it, but, you know, um, obviously with my surname being Chinese, and I believe in China, the word for crisis also means opportunity. Yes. Isn't it? I love that, yeah. Yeah, and, 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 you know, switching when you feel fear, kind of you kind of encouraging people to move towards excitement you know think about it in a different way this is exciting you're evolving so thank you I I thoroughly recommend this book if you can get hold of a copy um and 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 uh you know when when is it going to be published and where is it available sure it's available now for pre-order on all of the places where people can buy books in fact on my webpage kellysullivanwalden.com forward slash tragic to the number two magic that's my book launch page and i'm giving away all kinds of goodies when people buy pre-orders and including a retreat a high like this gorgeous luxury retreat in costa rica 
for people that buy five books or more, they get put in them in a, not a lottery, but a, a drawing. And then one person will win a luxury retreat. So there's a lot of, so it comes out on January 17th to answer your question, but it's available 20, now. Wow. Yes. <laughs> well, oh gosh. 23 yes um but yeah I saw that Costa Rica thing and I thought wow but also on your website would you mind giving your website it's it's, it's so that people who want to yes where to go it's my name it's kelly sullivan walden.com and that's a lot so there's also another way to get to my website which is i had the strangest (laughs) dream.com I had the strangest dream that'll take you to kelly sullivan walden.com and on the homepage you'll see a link for how to get to the tragic to magic page. Perfect. Thank you. And all your books are available there, your social media connections. That's the best portal to, oh, to yes. Kelly Sullivan Walden. Um, but also you do courses, don't you, as well? Um, I would you do. mind talking about that? What, what yes. I have a DreamWork practitioner training course. I'm in the middle of doing a live program right now. But as soon as it's done, I'll also have it available that pe- and people can um, participate in it anytime. So it's it's kind of taking all of the, all of the, what I think is the best practices of dream work and um, training other people to be empowered to be dream workers. I think the more people are working with dreams in a professional setting, encouraging people in a therapeutic way, or even in an entertaining way to, to pay attention to their dreams, I think that's that's sort of my contribution to making the world a better place. The more of us dreaming, I think the better version of ourselves we become. So that's you do, it. don't you? Because when you pay attention to your dreams, you become more interested in yourself, more aware, and more kind of content. Yes, and less fixated on the concrete. Is It's not to mm. say we disregard what's happening in the concrete, tangible world. We do acknowledge that, but we that <clears throat> that's not our God. Are we we have a perspective that is so infinitely beyond that that whatever's happening in this world, it's it's it becomes small potatoes compared to all of the riches of of, of yeah. everything else that we have access to through our dreams. I'm, I'm with you there because when things kind of like mess up in my waking life and stuff, yeah. it doesn't disappoint me as much anymore as waking up in the morning with no dream recall. <laughs> there's nothing more upsetting than that it's like go back to bed <laughs> turn off the sirens do you have that i mean i always i like to ask dream experts this what happens when you're not remembering your own dreams does that do you go through periods like that what do you do do you just i'm annoyed but i but what i'll do because i i always want to have some dream with me in the day so i'll go back to the dream i had the night before or the night before and i'll hang out with that dream and just think, okay, just just time for me to mine a little bit more gold from a dream from a couple of days ago. So I'm always I always have some dream that's that's on my brain. And that's why journaling is so important, isn't it? Yes. You know, so you can go, you know, um, you, you can always look at it. You do feel a bit like a fraud, though, when you think, um, hey, <laughs> a dream, everyone. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. What's the best tip for a dream recall for you? Oh gosh, besides, besides set a really strong intent before going to sleep. And I would even say, write it on a piece of paper and put it Mm -hmm. under your pillow. So while you're sleeping, your hand will touch that piece of paper. It'll be a little bit of a signal back to the brain. Oh yes, I'm dreaming. I want to remember my dream or even become lucid in the dream. I would even say, write a question about something important to you on that piece of paper so that your dream can help you answer that upon awakening. 
And then in the morning, just don't move a muscle until you've replayed at least three times the last image or sensation that you had in your dream. At the very least, do those things. Oh, sage advice, um, Kelly. Thank you so much. As I said, I wish we had more time to talk, but I hope you'll come on White Shores again. I'd love to love to talk to you again. I I'm would gonna love give you to. Your 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 JRR Tolkien quote because um, all my guests get that whether they like it or not. And love whilst it. I'm reading that out, if you could think of something from either your work or a movie or an iconic quote or something just <clears> to leave <throat> listeners of White Shores with that is really Kelly, um, they you know when they you know it's something that Kelly recommends that they reflect on. But here's your um, J.R. Tolkien quote: "There, peeping among the cloud rack above a dark tor high up in the mountains, Sam saw a white star twinkle for a while. The beauty of it smote his heart as he looked up out of the forsaken land, and hope returned to him." For like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end the shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. Mm. That kind of some I just how I felt when I read um, "A Crisis Is a Terrible Thing to Waste." So. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, God. That was beautiful. <clears throat> so here's some of the. These are some of the things I'm sort of known for. And the first, it's a, it's a quick little roomy quote. He says, though we appear to be sleeping, there's an inner wakefulness that directs the dream that will eventually startle us back to the truth of who we are. That's roomy. And then from my perspective, a nightmare is an unfinished dream. It's up to us to... Imagine that we're back in the dream, but lucid, and we can call on every resource, every angel, every bit of help and support we need so that we can finish the dream in such a way that we are exalted, that we come back into our power. And I think that's what every dream is trying to help us get to, but we just sometimes wake up from those dreams too quickly and don't get to that finale where we are on the mountaintop. And the last thing I'll say is, at the very least, don't take your dreams lying down. <laughs> I love that. That's on your email heading. It makes me laugh. It makes me think I've got to get much more creative with mine. I haven't done that. Oh, you're amazing, that. Teresa. Thank you Nightmare. so much for hosting me. Unfinished dream. Oh my goodness. That is, that's made me really think. I'm, I'm writing this down. Oh, thank you, Kelly. That is just brilliant. You are an inspiration and a light for all dreamers, which is basically everyone, Kelly. Oh, thank, we, we, it is everybody. We're in the majority. It's so true. And thank you, Teresa, for being a light and for your beautiful show and your beautiful energy and all of your many works and your upcoming Shift Network program and all the great work you do. I'm so grateful to have crossed paths with you on the White Shores and beyond. Oh, thank you from my heart and soul, Kelly, for all you are and do. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you from my heart and soul for being here and walking beside me in spirit on White Shores. Sensitive, kind, compassionate souls like you who see beyond the material are needed more than ever today to help this earth heal and evolve. 
If you have any questions, stories, or insights to share, I absolutely love hearing from you and aim to reply to everyone in due course. My website is www.teresachung.com. My contact email is angeltalk710 at aol.com. And you can message me via my Instagram handle, the Teresa Chung, as well as my Facebook and Twitter author pages. Until we meet again on these white shores, keep being amazing spiritual you, sending my eternal love and gratitude.